Welcome to Bible and Stuff, a podcast about the Bible and stuff. I'm Glenn. And I'm Tanner. And today we have two special guests on the show with us. Uh, we we're do. super excited about that. <laughs> uh, it's a today, first. It's like it's, it is a first. Yeah, new territory for us. So today we have Dr. Stephanie Shackleford and uh, Bill Denzel, and we're so excited to have you guys on the show. If you don't mind, I'm just going to give kind of like high level introduction who you guys are and the book that we're talking about today. And then we'll give you a minute to kind of fix anything that I've said wrong or (laughs) or add to. Um, So yeah, Dr. Stephanie Shackelford is a senior fellow at Barna Group, primarily studying vocation and calling. And in 2012, she founded a career coaching company focused on helping people live into their purpose. And then also we have Bill Denzel here today. He is the former vice president at Barna Group, now at LinkedIn. Uh, and has enjoyed a multifaceted career where he's helped people write and publish books, build world-changing brands, and tell great stories. Uh, And so today, we have them here together, and we're going to be talking about the book, You on Purpose, Discover Your Calling, and Create the Life You Were Meant to Live. So again, welcome to the show, guys. Anything you want to correct me on or add (laughs) to, please do now. (laughs) No, that was great. That was great. For having us on here. Is it it Denzel like the actor? (laughs) Well, it's actually Denzel. Ah. Hey. If you know to so, be identified with Denzel, that's great. So yeah, I'll well, go apparently either. for Denzel, it was also originally Denzel. I don't know if you've heard about this. Huh. But, oh, is that right? No, but his I'd dad, love to hear that his story. dad was a Denzel. I'm, we're close. I know. I know all about Denzel. Uh, I just heard him on a talk show one time. He said his dad was a Denzel, and then he's a Denzel Junior, I guess. And at some point, his mom got tired of saying Denzel and both of them showing up, so she just started calling him Denzel instead uh-huh. so no apparently it originally is denzel but denzel you know he owns it he works it works for him so i love it yeah and i just get to share it so yeah. he owns it but i get to share it yeah so. yeah well yeah we're, we'll take some time now we have uh, a lot of questions about the book that we want to ask you guys let's dig into this you on purpose i love it yeah it's so one of the ways i wanted to start off is like this is the kind of book that I'm immediately drawn towards. I I like, I want to figure out what goes on in here. (laughs) I want to figure out how that should look going out there. Uh, But, but I also think there's a group of people that are more hesitant about a a book like this. And I I have a number of guesses as to why that might be, but something I wanted to, to start off with is broadly um, since this is Bible and stuff is this idea of, finding your purpose is this a biblical idea is this something you guys think hey there's there's um roots for this in the bible to maybe curb that hesitation some people have of like i don't know is this just self-help or what am i trying to do here or is this really something that that god would have for us yeah i think it is something that we see and what we talk about in the book is that we all have the same primary calling as believers. The same, uh, the same purpose is to be the presence of Christ in the world. And so we can start there from that foundational level. I think most of us can agree um, <laughs> that that is a, a pretty good purpose. And then our secondary callings, kind of what we talk about in the book, is how do we live that out based on how um, how God has designed us. And so I mean, we see this throughout scripture, um, but I think it does get kind of warped in our culture of, you know, you mentioned the self-help. I think so often we feel like calling is this 
thing we create ourselves. We, we um, kind of drum up our own purpose mm. when instead realizing that a calling is given and received first and foremost. And anything that we discover about our purpose should really point us back to who our creator is. And so I think it is very foundational um, in, in the Bible. Right. Yeah. And I mean, even, uh, you know, like the, the, the classic uh, verse about, I know the plans I have for you. Right. So mm-hmm. that is like, there is a, there's a plan and we were created um, with that plan in mind. And I mean, the, the, I know that how many hairs, a number of the hairs on your head. Right. So if God knows us that specifically, mm-hmm. right. He also kind of knows like how he designed us and what, and then and the other thing is that term, like Stephanie mentioned, a call calling. Right. So that implies a caller. I mean, that's not, that's not biblical. That's more cultural of that phrase. Mm-hmm. But it's so interesting that, the, you know, we, we use that term calling, but th- doesn't that say there's a caller? So I think we just acknowledge kind of what the heart wants to tell us is that there's, there's a caller, that some, there's, there's someone that has designed us in a certain way. That's not what you were asking about the biblical answer, yeah, but I think I, that, you know, you point to those verses that say, I have a plan for you and, um, and I know you and I created, you know, created you with something in mind. So. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. And Steffi, I also think it's helpful you pointing out, like we do have a lot of uh, common calling, and maybe you could refer to it that way. It's like a lot of the basics of what we're supposed to do are the same for everyone. But I think if we slow down, we would all admit that we're different. And the way we do those things may play themselves out differently, which I think is a lot of uh, the help that you guys bring in the book is figuring that out on a more more individual level, not that it's only about individuality or, um, you know, just ourselves, but that that does play a part of it. That is a real uh, aspect to it. Definitely. I was just going to say, it's helpful to hear you also say that the, the caller piece that someone is calling us and has that plan for us, because I know for me, it's like, well, I'm glad someone has a plan because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> right. We hear that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's funny. Yeah. We hear that a lot. I have no idea what I want to do. Like, but we, that's what we try to do in the book is break it down. There's a simple process. And, and, and God has, has put all these clues in your life to kind of what path he wants to point you down. But uh, we tend to not to see what's right in front of all those clues that are hidden in plain, but they're in plain sight, right? Yeah. Uh, the things that are like that he's designed in you, you know, the things you like to do, the desires of your heart, all those, um, those things, the, the places and the people that he's put you in, like he's kind of placed you in, that's no accident. Yeah. And then kind of the, the, the point in time that he's kind of, that he's placed you into, it's all for, uh, they're all clues that are, that are helpful to help, you know, point you in a certain direction. Starting with like, what do I really love? You know, just this being mm-hmm. open to that. It kind of, um, it's amazing, you know, when we talk to people and we hear them say, I don't even know what I like. It's like, yeah. well, yeah. You, you know, let's, let's just step back. I think that's more, we're kind of get ourselves all knotted up. Um, but we just need to step back and say, what did I like to do when I was a kid? You know, what, there's mm-hmm. so many questions that, that we can help people kind of uncover to start uh, taking away all the junk that's been kind of piled on you over the years by people and by oh, yeah. yourself and by, you know, your, um, the culture, removing those layers and getting to like, what is it that, um, that I really love and starting from that point. So that's, I think that's the exciting and encouraging thing is it starts with like what you love, you know, what you love. We're not, mm-hmm. God's not going to call you to something that you, um, that is just counter to who you are. 
Although, getting back to the Bible, there's plenty of examples of that happening. So I shouldn't say that that uh, just as a black and white statement. You know, typically yeah. it's something that's designed in you. But like you know, with uh, um, the story of Jonah, and uh, you know, and then there's also things like Moses. Right? He was he was called to be God's spokesperson, but he had you know, there was something, we don't know exactly what the Bible is perfectly clear on whether he had a speech impediment or whether it's just, he felt he wasn't a good speaker, didn't have the confidence or whatever it was, but he, um, you know, wasn't the ideal person to get up and stand, but God then brought others around him, you know, and also, you know, placed him at, gave him, put him in the, in the, in the, um, Pharaoh's, you know, court and, and, uh, as a son of Pharaoh, um, that he, uh, to, to do what he was called to do. So all those things together, you know, it's not just the one thing, not just what I love. It's also the people, the place and wherever God has put, God has put you that kind of feed into your calling. Yeah. yeah, sure. You guys do a good job piecing that on the book, kind of the, you give this Venn diagram, which I want to get to in a minute, but, um, before we even get there, maybe, and you, you kind of started this, um, but thinking about this idea of plan in general, like a plan for your life, I think it's really overwhelming to a lot of people because it feels like I have to ha- I have to set today and figure out everything for the next, you know, 30, 40, 50 years. And it feels very defeatist of like, well, that's definitely not going to happen or, you know, I can't predict or I have no clue. Like Lynn was saying, where to even start. So I'm curious, when we say plan, like, can you give us some context of what do we really mean when we talk about having a plan or coming up? Up with a plan. Sure. That, that's one of the myths that we discuss in the book is so often we think that the shortest way from point A to point B is this straight line, but we all know um, life doesn't work like that and life is rarely takes this direct path. And so really all we need is a general idea of where to head. And so when we talk about plan, um, it's really, I, sh- I would maybe use the word process instead because it's something that we'll cycle through yeah. throughout our lives and revisit. Um, and we break it down into four steps and they each start with D. So they're easy to remember. And these are based, uh, in the research. <laughs> and, um, we, we, uh, worked with the Barna group to do a lot of research for this book. And so we surveyed you know, thousands of people of adults across the country. And we interviewed hundreds of leaders to really understand what is culture's perception of calling? What are believers' perception of calling? People who are living their calling, how do they get there? And so um, this mm. 4D process really begins at first to just define, define where you even are. Um, why are you on this journey in the first place? The second D is to discover, which um, some, that Venn diagram you mentioned comes into, so we can talk about that in a minute. And that's really discovering um, mm-hmm. who you are, your context, your times, um, where, really where God has placed you and who he has made you to be. The third D is to decide. So start narrowing in on your calling, making some choices. And then last D is do. So one step at a time, take, take those steps towards your calling. I think that's the key is that one step at a time is oftentimes this isn't revealed and, mm-hmm. you know, this huge flash of insight of what's next five years are going to be like, but what's the next thing God is calling you to. And so that would be the overall process of those four D's. Yeah. And the, um, and where people get hung up is that they, it's funny. It's that, set that last D it's the do, right. It's, mm-hmm. it's taking action, you know, because often we just want to jump straight to that and, and start taking action. 
um, without kind of like just uncovering the other uh, parts of like who I am or where I've been placed and, you know, the other clues that got us uh, to pick a path, you know, but at the same time, we see a lot of people um, then get to that stage and then are really scared because they feel like if I take action in a certain direction, that's going to just lock me in. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing that we'd love people to hear, it's that take action and start moving and pick a general direction and then start taking steps towards it, right? Because if you're heading in a certain, like Steph mentioned, um, to get from point A to point B, it's not going to be a straight line. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. So take that off the table and just take the pressure off yourself and say, it, you know, I'm, I, if I start taking steps, it's not like I'm suddenly going to be you know, shot down a chute you know, to, <laughs> to the end of my life. It's, yeah. uh, it's going to unfold as you go. So one of our great desires is to take the pressure off of people so that they can understand, um, I can start taking steps in a general direction. Like, am I a scientist or am I an artist? You know, at least sure. you generally, you know that, you know, mm-hmm. I, I love to do this. I love, to, you know, I love science and facts, or I love, um, you know, arts, um, general direction. And then, um, uh, just start, start taking uh, steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. And you really can't take a wrong step if you feel like this is, something that uh, God is opening up uh, an opportunity for me to do, then take that. And yeah. then, you know, um, it's this idea of dynamic stability, which is that you, you can't really balance on a bike uh, when you're standing still. But once you start rolling forward, then suddenly it's easy to find your balance on a bicycle, right? And so you have to be moving forward in order to, to basically get your balance and to be able to steer yourself in a certain direction. Yeah, yeah, that's really comforting to hear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because yeah. that do I think I I know for me in my life that is the scariest part of of everything, and we actually um there was a, an entrepreneur Tanner and I are part of this group outside of uh what we do here, but there was an entrepreneur talking about how he had started this business and he's walking through it. and We were asking him the question like, well, how long did it take you to really to hone in on on what your mission was and he was like well man it took me eight years to really define it the right way and I was like oh man and to me just (laughs) hearing that that gave me anxiety but now hearing you say this like he was already on that path though you know he was in the right place already just working out some of those finer details and I think that is probably the biggest hurdle that a lot of people will face is is realizing like you don't need to have it all figured out from the get-go yeah set goals and try to work towards things that, but yeah being on the being on the bike and moving your pedals is what's important and we found that yeah we lot. saw that in the oh that's what i was gonna say bill <laughs> yeah go ahead <laughs> oh, i was gonna say that's what we saw when we talked to all these people that were living their calling is it only made sense looking back um it wasn't this you know crystal clear mm-hmm. plan and so that is i think really true it's sometimes it's easy to tell a story in hindsight and see how the pieces fit together. But when you're in it, it doesn't always feel so clear. So it is really just this act of faith of taking that next step forward. And, um, you know, something we talk about too is, you know, if you are discerning God's will and you're doing that in community with other believers, a lot of times there's not this right or wrong choice. God gives you the choice to make, and then he'll be faithful to direct or redirect as needed. And so I think that takes the pressure off too. Um, 
of yeah. having yeah. to, you know, only do this next right thing. And what is that going to be? And what if I make the wrong choice? Um, you know, God is so faithful to direct that path for us. Yeah. Steve, there's a, Steve Jobs had a great quote. He said, you can't connect the dots uh, looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. So he was talking about his own, you know, his own life. So yeah, trying to take that, the pressure off because yeah, discovering your purpose, it's a, it's a long process. It takes a lifetime, right? Because God's writing a long story with our lives. And so just start stepping into it and get into the flow. As long as, as you know, you, you know, when you're kind of stepping outside of what, of how, of yeah. his desire for you, right? I mean, we, yeah. we just know that, right? If, if, we, if we know that. I'm seeking his will. I'm seeking the spirit. I'm, I'm trying to determine, you know, hear the spirits like uh, gu- guidance. And we know when we're saying, eh, you know, I'm not going to, I'm going to do something else over here. So I think just being faithful to our own understanding of where the spirit is guiding us. Um, yeah. That like Stephanie said, that, that will, God is faithful then to kind of uh, recalculate route if we yeah. happen to step <laughs> step out of the GPS direction. Yeah. You know, well, it's, you'll, it, you'll hear that recalculating route. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm even thinking back now, uh, we've been talking about the book of Joshua um, recently on the, on the show. And looking back to Moses, I mean, God clearly gave him purpose, right? But even he never got to the point where he got to see the fulfillment of it. Mm, and so, mm-hmm. I mean, that may give people anxiety, but looking at the bigger picture, like he, he did what God set him out to accomplish to, to bring the, the people of Israel up to that point. Uh, but he didn't necessarily get to bring them in. And so I, I, this is all, sorry, I'm processing as we talk. And I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a great example. And yeah, he fulfilled his purpose. I mean, he did. Yeah, he took, yeah. you know, he led through so many, I mean, so many amazing stories, right? Yeah. Uh, like led, led the people and he did what he was called to do. So I think faithful is a really good word for it. You've got both have used a few times there because I think that is kind of a great way to think about that next step. Okay, what does it just look like for me to be faithful right now, right here in this place? Um, that's something my counselor has continued to just like, that's the game we play where he's like, what does it look like to be faithful as you right now in this moment? And I think that helps figure out what that first step is, uh, but also keeps you moving forward instead of kind of stuck in, you know, paralysis by analysis. Uh, but then the other the other game that I play in my life <laughs> uh, is is with my wife and we play like, what's the worst that could happen? So when we're thinking about making that shift or that change, it's like, okay, what if it all goes horribly, horribly wrong, what's the worst can, that can happen? And usually we can't come up with something that is as bad as we think it, you know, it could be. Like, like she's, she's a nurse. She's thinking about going back to school. It's like, okay, you go back to school and you realize, like, I didn't actually want to do that thing that would be on the other end of school. It's like, okay, you got a year of schooling. Like, that's the worst that happened. We spent... We spent some money on school. You learned some things. You probably made some relationships. At the end of the day, that's not all that bad. And you're still where you are now. It's not like you had this huge setback and like, well, years passed. Maybe we haven't made a lot of forward momentum, but nothing, we didn't, you know, we didn't go back miles and we didn't have all these major catastrophes. And it's like, eh, that's ultimately at the end of the day, that's not that bad. Yeah, I love that. We we actually refer to that exact question in the book. You know, like we ask people to kind of walk through that process of saying, yeah. "What's the worst that could happen?" So that's it. Yeah, use that. It's a great example. Yeah, and so uh, 
kind of what I was talking, we've been all around it, but that Venn diagram that you guys have in the book of, um, th- that helps you kind of center around what your calling is. I-, I love that it's not this super idealized and it only involves you. It's all about you and it only matters what you think or care or whatever. I like that it's, it's a lot more realistic and, and, th- and therefore a lot more helpful because it also includes um, your specific context in, and the time you live in. So I'd love to hear from you guys how that shapes uh, as we're thinking about calling. Yeah, when we look at our individual callings, it maybe even will be helpful, I'll like step back and def- even define how we use that word because it's kind of thrown around a lot. So we, sure. we'll use the words calling, vocation, yeah. purpose, kind of interchangeably, but we're really referring it um it's all the special activities that God has uh, designed for you to do in this world that will result in service or benefit to others. So those special activities that he's designed for you, that could be your work, but it could also be, how are you a neighbor? How are you a spouse, a parent, Um, all the different ways we interact in the world. And then Mm -hmm. um, he's created you to do those things to serve others. And that's a huge part of it. I think sometimes in culture, that last piece can be neglected. It's all about ourselves and what is bringing us fulfillment. Um, We're really the purpose of Mm -hmm. purpose of our purpose is to bless others, just like we hear in the Bible over and over again. And so to understand where we are in that kind of definition is understanding ourselves. So that is important. You know, God created us here on earth and um, he knows everything about us. And so we can, we do need to understand more of who he created us to be. Um, and that can be looking at our, our, um, what we call our propensities. So like our strengths, um, our talents, how has he wired us? Um, also our passions. And we don't necessarily mean like follow your passion. Like we hear about, it's really more those desires of your heart that God has put in you. And then also your pain, you know, we really can't understand our calling or our stories Mm -hmm. without digging into the painful part of our stories. And so often God can use those painful Mm -hmm. parts of our stories and redeem them for his glory in really significant ways. Um, You know, this doesn't mean we will always understand why we went through something painful or how he's using it. We only need to look at Job's story to know that's not always true, but sometimes that is the case. And it's an important (laughs) part of understanding ourselves and then um, secondly, is that, you know, that, I guess that'd be the first circle of the Venn diagram. The second circle would be our context of who, um, who and where has God placed you with. So he has surrounded you with people that you can love and serve in very specific ways. And he has placed you in a very specific place that has needs that um, can be met. And so looking at that, and then the third circle would be your times. So he has placed you at a very specific time and place in history. It's not an accident that you were born at this time. And so even understanding the world around us and um, where he is calling us to engage in his world. So those would be the three buckets, Bill. You can flesh out any of those in greater detail, but that's the big overview. (laughs) Right. And I mean, and the whole point of of a Venn diagram is really looking at where those circles overlap. So you picture yeah. those, uh, the three circles, and like, like Stephanie has laid out so nicely, yourself, who you are, your, your context, where you are, and your times, when you are, right? Yeah. And so the overlap, right? And that, that area of overlap is where all the options that basically are available to you are, because some of us, you know, have greater 
privilege of like maybe parents that have a lot of co- contacts. And so you've got a, you know, more options available to you. Others, maybe it's like the, the fact that you were born in a certain place and time really limits your, you know, but the point is where those circles overlap as you've dug into it and done the research into um, those three circles, uh, you see the options available to you. And then that's where the fun part happens, which is really the decide, you know, we talked about the four D's that's the third set uh, decide. Um, you've got all those options to choose from. Um, and you just look at those, that list of options that are in that overlap area. And then you get to pick which ones actually sound fun to you, you know, which ones sound fun or interesting, or I, you know, I've got like right now, there's someone that, that will give me an opportunity to do that specific, um, type of work or, or to pursue it, an internship or, you know, a job or whatever it is. Mm. So, and then that, so you just, you get to look at your list, you know, maybe develop a short list and then pick the one that, that is either open to you right now or sounds the most interesting to you. And then the fourth D, which is start do, right? So you start taking action and, you know, um, take that, that job that's available to you right now and test it out and see, like you're saying, like, um, Tanner with your, your wife and the nursing, right. It's like, does that actually what I thought it was going to be, you know? Um, and what we really urge people to take the, do these, what we call experience experiments, right. Where you low risk experiments to see if there's actually, if, if that's what I thought it was going to be. Right. So maybe I thought, you know, growing up, I thought I was going to be a lawyer. I, I really wanted to be a lawyer. And, you know, but you start digging into what that work actually entails. Yeah. And then you start realizing, well, all I really wanted was those awesome cars that most lawyers drive. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and I really hate the work. So, you know, yeah. and so those, if you just take, you know, maybe you go do an informational interview in the book, we, we describe several different options for, for you to do. You can do an exchange for, you know, do like volunteer in that area. Mm-hmm. You can exchange work with someone um, to try out. Like uh, we tell the story of uh, um, Stephanie tells the story of a photographer that she worked with that, that um, was trying to figure out if that was his thing. And so they were, she, he was able to trade some work with her to, to try it out. And um, yeah, I mean, you could, you can imagine in your own life what those things are that you could um, test out. And so, yeah, take those low risk steps forward. Um, and then, uh, even if it's actually committing to a job still, it's not like you're committed for life. Right. So we get into it and, you know, give it, uh, again, like, like you were saying faithfulness, right. Be faithful to fulfill your obligations to it, uh, test it out, walk down that path for a little while, give it some time. And, um, and then if it's not right, then, uh, trust that God's going to open other opportunities, right? And actually taking that job will probably, you know, expose you to a whole bunch of different um, new opportunities that you never had, that you didn't have in the first place. And so that's the exciting thing about, um, and I'm, I'm actually walking through that with my son right now. He's, uh, uh, you know, his life has been a little disrupted. His college career is a little disrupted by COVID and quarantine yeah. and being sent home. Um, but so right now he's trying to figure out what do I do next? And, um, I'm encouraging him to take, you know, like to take the jobs that are open to him and then that will expose you to, you know, maybe, you know, you take a job in sales, right. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe you discover, I hate that. 
But I, I see, oh, over here is marketing. You know, the, guy, the people yeah. that determine the strategies or whatever, then you know, maybe that's the thing I really love. So you start, you know, your vistas start opening up and uh, new, paths, new paths start opening up to get you to point B uh, where God wants to lead you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super helpful. Uh, I, I want to go on a tangent about how there, there is this like extreme bottleneck of pressure around young people, like going into college or in college to figure out. Uh, but, but maybe I'll save that or maybe I'll just push the urge aside for a second. Um, <laughs> uh, because I think, I think what you're talking about is so helpful in, so you guys have a chapter at the end of the book. Um, it's called just do something, uh, which I'm sure you're aware shares the title with a, a Kevin DeYoung book that I've also it's about a similar thing. I think is really helpful. Um, but that idea is is so key because you're not going to get it 100 percent right most likely on the first try. But through doing that, you you gain more information. And I think something sometimes people don't think about is you also gain more skills. Um, but Glenn and I doing mm-hmm. this, we could not have, we couldn't go 10 years in the past and do what we do here, um, then because we hadn't been on the journey of learning some marketing and learning some audio engineering that we found out through doing a bunch of things that we realized we didn't really want to do at the end of the day. Um, but that gave us a lot of the tools that we can now apply to something that we are passionate about. Um, and that we that we are really engaged in and feel purposeful in, and so I think that's super key that that step of just just do something, and then you, at the end of the day, at least you'll learn from it. Yeah, it's like that great exactly. Michael Scott slash Wayne Gretzky quote, right? <laughs> you miss a hundred percent of percent of the shots you don't take. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I, who I, actually said it? Oh, go ahead, Bill. I said, who said it? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, I can share kind of a personal example. Um, So there's this joke with authors like that you write the book that you need to read. Um, But in my case, as I wrote the book, my husband needed to read um, because (laughs) (laughs) while um, he was reading the final manuscript of the book before it went to print and he was in the middle of considering this big job change. So it was kind of this funny um, real life, you know, test, like, does this really work personally for us? Um, And so he had been at a corporate company for the last uh, 10 years and he, you know, had really enjoyed it and he wasn't really looking to make a change, but he did feel these promptings in his heart over the past several years. And we were always kind of just offering that to God, like, you know, you're putting these kind of desires in our heart, but there's no really opportunities to engage that. We don't want to just, you know, leave something, but we don't know what you're calling us to. So we were just kind of in this holding pattern. And then out of the blue, he was, um, asked to apply um, for a job to lead this ministry an hour north of the city. We we were in Atlanta. Um, and so we just engaged the process and through you know all the things we've talked about, prayer and being in community and discerning and just taking each step at a time, um, we really felt God calling us into it. So we moved there this past summer and um, really it's been a huge switch of calling for our whole family. Um, so yeah, just kind of a affirmation that he couldn't have been um, in the job he is now in the ministry without the previous 10 years of experience in his corporate world. And so um, again, yeah. God is so faithful to use all of our experiences. You know, nothing is wasted 
in God's economy. And I think it's such a good reminder that even if you do totally switch a different career field or different path, that doesn't negate that what you're doing before wasn't your purpose or your calling. Um, you know, our callings aren't just this static yeah. thing throughout our life. They're constantly growing and changing just as mm-hmm. we hopefully are growing and changing and learning more about what God is calling us yeah. to. And so I think that's just hope for some people too, of, um, it doesn't mean that you've that all this time has been wasted, um, that God can use all of yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. It, it points back to that, didn't it, that Venn diagram where like you change. So therefore that may affect your calling. Sometimes your, your place changes where you're at. Mm-hmm. And so therefore you may fit in, in different way. And then sometimes as we've figured out a lot in the last couple of years, the times change, like how the war, what the world is going through yeah. and uh, how the world affects your calling can, can take a pretty drastic turn as it turns out. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so this kind of leads me to, to one of the questions I wanted to get to towards the end here. Uh, you, we've touched on a lot about how understanding your calling and your purpose has, a, can bear a lot of fruit around vocation, which we, we kind of use those words interchangeably, but work, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of people think of that as like their nine to five when they go to the job, but, and we've already touched on this a little bit. I think Stephanie, you specifically have hinted at it, but it seems like there's a lot of non-work related benefits that can come from knowing who you are and, and what you're designed to do. So I'm curious if you guys could speak into that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I'll talk about the, that whole job thing, right? So we, we, you know, point out that vocation is not a synonym for work, right? Yeah. But yet work takes up such a big percentage of our, um, of our lives. So work is really important to us. It's really de- helps um, as a defining factor in who we are, but you consider an artist, right? Who, um, uh, who may be waiting tables during, you know, waiting tables every night in order to be able to do their, their art during the day. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you kind of understand really why you're doing something, then it makes it uh, all part of the bigger picture, right? So I understand why I'm waiting tables so that I can then, you know, during the day I can, I can paint and pursue what I understand to be my actual calling. Mm. Um, and, and it all works together. Right. So it's not my job, but it's like really the activities that I, um, that I feel led to do that I, you know, that are, that I'm, I feel fulfilled when I do, I kind of, um, that's, you know, the, the calling, um, those things that, that we, the activities that flow from, you know, a heart that, that really wants to, um, serve others and, and to, you know, to, to do what feel, is fulfilling and, and satisfying to who I am. So. Yeah. And I think, and then you think of like, I'm sorry, the, the ahead, other, the ahead. other great, you know, perfect example is like, uh, like a, if it's, if when we try to define it as your job, right. When you think of like, uh, a, a grandmother who takes care of her, her grandkids, yeah. like, so, um, like during the day, is that not her calling? I mean, it's not mm-hmm. a job. She's not being paid for it, but it's certainly a calling and a pretty important one. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. That's exactly or, what or I was a parent who say. stays home. Yeah, yeah, you have stay-at-home moms, and that doesn't mean that they don't get in on this, right? Like, they they can fulfill their calling and their purpose in that thing. Um, for a lot, for some people, it may be, um, you know, they have a job that, that pays the bills right now, and they're actually uh, doing this volunteer piece beside it that is something that they feel like they're called to do and find a lot of purpose in. So I, I think that's a helpful distinction to break out. Like, okay, what when we say 
vocation purpose calling on one it is not necessarily equal to you know my job that that helps me keep a roof over my head and all that stuff and also even if the yeah. what of the actual job isn't maybe meeting all the the Venn diagram check marks, still how you show up in your work is even a part of your calling of, are you showing up as um, being a faithful steward to what God has entrusted you with? And so I think even how we engage in different activities can be part of our calling. As we're talking about this, I I can't help but feel the tension of wanting to wrap like success or failure ideas around this. Right. I think Hmm. for me, it's kind of like, okay, what if I do all this and it doesn't work out or, you know, or even if it does go in the right direction, when do, when do I finally consider like, Oh, I was successful in discovering my calling and living into that. So I'm curious how you guys have wrestled with those as it pertains to, to what you talk about in the book and what your, uh, advice would be to people who feel some stress around of like, oh, am I actually doing it or or am I failing in some ways? I'm going to go first. Sure. Yeah, great question. And stop, we have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, um, we, uh, I, I would just, so yeah, I mean that that's a it's a really great question, right? Because it's like defining what is success, right? Even mm-hmm. starting with that, like so, I've I've discovered my calling. I mean, we're not going to know what what it is like until the end of our lives. Looking back, I yeah. think that's that's one of the big takeaways that we we say you're not going to um, really fully understand uh, what your calling was until the end of your life. I know that's kind of uh, contrary to what we're saying, you know, because we're saying discover your purpose, you know, you on purpose, right? Discover your purpose and, and, and step into it and, and move, start moving towards your calling. And we think that like maybe more accurately is like we're saying, discover your general direction, right? And then start taking the steps because again, like, like saying God is writing a long story with your life. And so you, your responsibility is just to step into it and to start being faithful to move in, in the directions that he's calling you. And then looking back on it, um, then we see that was what, that was a story that God has written with my life, you know? So maybe coming just to peace with that and saying, um, I have been, I'm being faithful with the, with the small steps that I'm encountering before me and each decision that, that I'm making, um, I'm being faithful in that. And being satisfied with that. And that's really success, right? I mean, really for us as believers, it's like success is, is just following God's calling, right? Following God's direction with each little step. Yeah. And I mean, we think about like Abraham, right? So, you know, he didn't know where the heck he would say, you know, God told him to get his family together and, and step out on the road and had no idea where, where he was going, right? Mm-hmm. But he was faithful to do it. And that was success, right? Success for him. And so he's like living a successful life day by day, rather than saying, you know, getting all wrapped up in the idea of, oh, I got to the promised land. He didn't even know what that was, right? <laughs> and that would now I'm finally successful. So because then that creates all kinds of um, dysfunctions in your, you know, in your journey, right? Because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get to that thing that I know God's calling me to. Well, that. That's not what he's calling you. He's just calling you to be faithful in each little step that he's laying out before you. 
And, um, and it, it takes a long time. You know, there's, uh, Kierkegaard, <laughs> Kierkegaard said that, um, life can only be understood backwards, but it has to be lived forwards. Yeah. Right. So that, this idea of like, so just this keep taking the small steps, uh, being confident that I'm doing what uh, I'm being led to do right now. And then, you know, trust that, that you're going to end up being faithful to what it was. And it's not always going to be some, some great big thing. You know, we've got great stories, um, uh, in the book about, um, one was, uh, Ralph Winter's story. Who's a, you know, phenomenal, uh, Hollywood producer mm-hmm. that, you know, directed like X or produced X-Men and, and a bunch of other, you know, blockbusters. But he started out, um, you know, in the basement of the, the a department store in Glendale, California, uh, doing training videos. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, so he just was, and he was doing that basically to, to put his wife through nursing school. You know, and so he was just being faithful to take a job, you know, get the, get it done. And, um, and then, yeah, the story, which is an amazing story of what we were talking about before of not knowing what your calling is until you actually kind of (laughs) fully step into it because Mm -hmm. he thought he was supposed to be a pastor. So he was putting his wife through nursing school and then she was going to put him through seminary so he could become the pastor that he thought he was being called to be. But it turns out that when she graduated from nursing school, she was pregnant. And back in those days, they used to do, a, uh, for women, before you get a job, you do a pregnancy test to make sure you weren't going to quit in nine months. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> a little illegal now, but <laughs> yeah. that, was the, that was the times. So um, so she, uh, so that, that plan ended up not working out. That was mm-hmm. their plan, but it wasn't God's plan. So then he said, okay, well, I, um, I need to keep moving forward in, in, produce, in producing these, you know, these training videos. Mm-hmm. But then a job, op- uh, like he had an opportunity that opened up through a contact um, on the Paramount lot. And so he, he took this job at, on the Paramount lot uh, producing. And then, you know, like the opportunities opened up. He started working on uh, Happy Days and some of the other, you know, big hit TV hits of the day. And, uh, and then, uh, because he was faithful in that job, um, then, uh, you know, bigger opportunities opened up to start producing, you know, assistant producing and and producing movies. And then, um, you know, it just kept getting bigger and bigger until now he's entrusted with these, you know, hundreds of million dollar, uh, projects and, uh, and has delivered them just because he was, uh, and all because he was kind of faithful to say, I, I, I got to uh, keep working to take care of my family, you know, and, yeah, uh, yeah. surprises along the way. It wasn't what I thought it was going to be, but here I am. And, you know, and again, I want to also give the caveat though, that, so he was successful in that dimension, you know, in this big, very visible d- dimension, but maybe yeah. your success is going to be just in your small town, the geographical place that you, you've been placed. Maybe you're living in some remote area, well, it's really all about caring for those around us, right? And yeah. like that's really what success is, mm-hmm. is if I'm caring for the people that God has placed me around and loving them and being, you know, God's presence and uh, God's light in the in the small place that I've been given. Maybe that's a big place for you. You know, maybe it's going to be a very visible um, national presence, but maybe it's going to be just a very local small presence and success can be found there too. Yeah, and I think we so often do mess, um, miss the 
definition of success, you know, I'm a little bit of the research nerd. So one of the stats and we found through our surveys is that four out of five adults believe that their ultimate aim in life is to be happy. And then when we broke this down, we found that practicing Christians um, are even more likely to strongly agree that their ultimate goal is happiness. And so if that's our definition of success Hmm. is how happy we are, we're always going to fail because happiness is so Mm -hmm. fleeting and so circumstantial. And that's definitely not what we see that we're biblically called to. And so it does go back even to that first D that we even begin with is define is why are you even on this journey in the first place? What are you after? And to really define that and to really get honest with yourself, you know, have I been really measuring if this is a fit or not for me based on how happy I am? Um, Because that's not the ultimate measure that we're called to. And so it is going back and doing some internal work of what, what, how have I been measuring my, my view of success? Because that oftentimes is not how, what God's view of success is. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think back to Glenn's example of Moses, like we could like armchair quarterback him and be like, Hey, you're supposed to take these people in the promised land. You didn't get there. So you failed. Uh, but I think the new Testament would disagree with us in saying that, that, that Moses failed or that Moses wasn't faithful to what God called him to do. So I think exactly what you're talking about, Bill, that there's, there's some sense in which he can't really know until he's up on the mountain at the end of his life to to look back and then some of the pieces probably click into place. But it also goes back to the idea we've been talking about the whole time of it's just being faithful in the next step and continuing to do that until you get to the end of the road. And yet you, you talk there, Stephanie, about how um, we, we may wrongly probably be looking for happiness. And I think you, you argue in the book, we should probably lean more into purpose, which Mm -hmm. if I can just kind of on the fly, I feel like is, uh, the personal uh dis- the the personal expression of faithfulness right so what does it look like for you to be faithful uh that's kind of this purpose idea so at the end of the day i think success is just faithfulness ultimately we're not uh we're not responsible of the the harvest right to use the biblical language like god yeah. god brings the harvest we just go sow the seed that we're supposed to sow Exactly. Yeah. Guys, for me, this has been super helpful. So I'm sure for a lot of our listeners, they have really enjoyed this too. We are so thankful that you took the time today to join us and talk through this and be our first duo guest <laughs> <laughs> podcast recording that we've done. This was really cool. Thanks. It's been, it's been great. I, you know, we're very passionate about this and, and love to help kind of people discover this. It's, it's like the, an age old question, right? What, what do I do with my life? And, and I think that helping people understand, you know, through you on purpose that you, that you, uh, that God has a purpose for you and there is a way to uncover it. And, uh, and again, it's not, a, there's not a lot of pressure around it. We want to make sure that, you know, people understand it's a, it's actually, a a pleasurable process, you know, kind of uncovering it. And, uh, and you can remove some of all that, like that stress that you're feeling around, Oh, so many options ahead of me. What do I do? You know? Um, so it's just, there's a way to uncover that and and step forward. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just say as in closing, I think, uh, if someone's listening to this and they, and this is kind of, 
getting their brain working in a lot of ways, definitely pick up the book. It's there's we've barely scratched the surface really of all that you guys did. And Stephanie, I didn't even ask as many questions about this. I probably should have, but it's also, there's a lot of research around it. It's not like you guys just came up with these ideas and you're hoping they're true, but you've actually seen this to be lived out and worked out in people's lives. And I think, you know, going all the way back to the very beginning, if there are people who, who look at a book like this and they feel somewhat hesitant you guys throughout the process of the book do a great job in alleviating those kind of misconceptions or fears that we might have about what it looks like uh, to live with purpose. And uh, yeah, I just think you guys walk that, that, that line really well. And it's, it, it is a very, um, yeah, well thought out, well, well worn. Like it comes from, from real practice, um, as you were saying earlier, Stephanie, of having to like oh, actually apply it to your own life with your <laughs> husband, like it, I think it it could be extremely helpful for people who feel like this is this is something they need to start thinking about being more intentional about. Well, thanks so much. It's been really fun talking to you guys. Yeah, we appreciate it. And really quick, uh, is there anywhere? Uh, obviously, we're promoting the book. We want people to read the book. Is there anywhere else that people could? maybe follow you or, or some of the things that you guys are doing or projects that you're doing um, just to, to see what you're up to and, and if there are any future books or things like that going on. To find out more about the book and resources there, you can go to um, barna.com slash you on purpose. And we have some resources and um, some webinars and things. Um, personally, my personal website is stephshackleford.com. So I have some of my other work up there. What about you, Bill? Yeah, um, BillDenzel.com, go there or follow me on LinkedIn as well. So Awesome. Thanks <laughs> awesome. again for coming on the show, guys. Thank All you. All right. Thank you so much, Tanner and Glenn. The Bible and Stuff podcast is a production of Bible and Stuff. We do more than just podcasts, so if you want to know more about something we've covered on the show, just visit our website at bibleandstuff.com. Our show is hosted by Tanner Britt and Glenn Brand, and our theme music is by The Sing Team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.